Chapter 8 Zoe went back inside, her eyes brighter and her smile bigger. Hi, my girl, Mr. Jane greeted her again as she came back in. Hi daddy. Sorry if I scared him off. Your mother mentioned that you had a visitor and I was so surprised that I just had to come see for myself. Well it's not like I never have. She paused, thinking for a moment. Actually, I don't remember the last time that I had a person here. Usually they all just beam over. But don't worry, he said he needed to go anyway. You seem to like him, Mr. Jane stated. I do, she replied, still grinning. Invite him round for Sunday lunch sometime, we'd like to get to know him better. Mr. Jane said as he kissed his daughter on her forehead and left. James was right, he wasn't there for the ginger biscuits. Thank you for using Drone Drop, Mr. Mackenzie. Your fare has been added to your citizen account, a voice said as James was dropped off at 66 Park Lane, right by his Mustang. Shelby, you've got competition, James informed his vintage car, before speeding off for home. James arrived back at his block of flats just before 12.37 in the morning and, although he had been on a high since meeting Zoe, the busy day finally caught up with him. He was dead tired. As he walked up to his flat on the third floor, he heard shouting coming from one of the flats above. This wasn't too unusual, the building had all sorts of weird and not-so-wonderful people living in it. As with most of these types of buildings, many people from various nations made their residence there, and because the elevators only went up a few floors, the higher up the flat, the cheaper the rent. As one walked up each floor, one could smell all sorts of things, ranging from spicy or fishy food, to people farming drugs. As this couple often argued, it didn't seem to perturb James too much, although it did sound more intense this time. He thought for a moment if he should interject, but then mentalized a small list to convince himself he didn't have to do anything. I'm tired, it's late, it's probably just another argument, it's not my place to interfere. He went inside, kicked off his shoes, took off his coat and fell onto his bed like a tree being blown over by a strong wind. The commotion upstairs soon ended, and James let out an unwinding sigh of relief and fell asleep. James woke up at 8.13. The room was bright, the parrots, toucans and cockatoos were squawking, and the insects were buzzing. The room was a hive of activity, including green trees and hanging vines. James's virtual jungle alarm was well alive and fulfilling its purpose. He got out of bed and headed straight to the bathroom, kicking off his morning routine. He brushed his teeth in the shower, whilst singing lines from Lost, the new single by Smoke and Rust. You found me in the cavity of my broken dreams. I was wandering around like a blind man on a short leash. James accompanied his showering-slash-brushing-teeth-slash-singing with a bit of air drumming. He was in a great mood. He hadn't thought about the big project he was launching at the Innovation Hub today. He didn't think about all that was told to him at Emotion. The strange letter from the oar didn't even cross his mind. The only thing going through his head right then, besides the shampoo in his hair and the lyrics to a new rock song, was Zoe. He thought about seeing her on the subway platform, the way she smiled, her voice, her eyes. He thought about those gentle soft lips of hers and how he couldn't wait to kiss them again. But more than all this, he thought about how he wanted to see her again and wanted to learn all there was to learn about her. He vacated the shower, 
dried himself off, and started to read his mood to see what he felt like wearing. Yep, I think I'm feeling smart casual today. He put on his petrol jeans, canvas shoes, a plain t-shirt and waistcoat, looked at himself in the mirror and was happy with what he saw. Now for some coffee and breakfast. He thought. As he was walking to the kitchen he greeted his virtual assistant, Good morning Kirk, tell me about my day. Good morning James. Today's weather forecast is 32 degrees Celsius, partly cloudy and humid. You have a team meeting first thing about the new project you're starting. Would you like to hear the news? No thank you, Kirk James responded. His mind started to tick over to his work and the new project, but he paused his thoughts for a moment. Hey Kirk, please send a hologram to Zoe Jane. Yes James. Would you like to send a hologram to the Zoe Jane whose address you were collected from last night? Yes thank you, Kirk, James replied. Please say message now, the virtual assistant continued. Hi Zoe. It was amazing to see you yesterday. I really enjoyed our visit, and meeting Bob and the family. I have a really busy rest of the week, but would love to meet up with you on the weekend, in person, let me know if you're keen. Have a great day. He stopped his message there. Would you like me to send your message? Yes, send message. James replied, then headed towards the door. James got into work, ordered a chai tea latte from the chef bot and headed to the conference room. He set his warm refreshment down at the head of the table. Kirk, upstart my latest presentation, he instructed his virtual assistant. A large screen appeared down the center of the table. Just then, Troy and Lisbeth walked in, followed by Chang and Tabitha. The other six employees all logged in and took their seats. Good morning all, James greeted them, as some of you may know, we are starting a big new project today. It's something that's been on my heart for a while and I'm really excited to be sharing it with you. Now that we have the birdcage completed, James paused as he nodded towards Troy, I'm looking forward to seeing what ideas and flavor you guys come up with in the following weeks. After telling them his new idea and setting out some tasks and targets they needed to complete over the next days and weeks, they disbanded. The meeting had lasted a good few hours and everyone was pretty happy when it was done, not because it was a long meeting, but because this new project seemed to get almost everyone at the hub excited. James went to the R and a lounge to take a health pause for a few minutes. He lay down on the couch, his feet lifted at a 23 degrees angle above his head, and closed his eyes. Mr. Mackenzie. James jolted awake. Who was that? What is that voice? Mr. Mackenzie. It took him a while to realize that the voice wasn't the usual voice of his virtual assistant Kirk. It came from his media center in his office. He quickly entered his office, closing the door behind him. Yes? James asked, almost defensively. Mr. Mackenzie, this is the oar. Please put on your VA headgear and stand by. James paused for a moment, then nodded. The oar, yes, the oar who left that letter on my desk. They are here for me now? Where do they want to take me? Whether it was out of fear or curiosity, James decided he was going to ride this train to its destination, and put on the headgear and waited as instructed. Nothing happened. After what felt like hours, but was really around twenty minutes, he began to doubt anything was going to happen. He should take this off and get back to work. 
Another few minutes passed. This is crazy, I'm not going to stand around all night. Just as he put his hands on his headgear to remove it, a voice finally spoke. Prepare to engage. Three, two, one, engage. James saw a faint light in the distance which began to grow larger and brighter, as if he was being sucked into a galactic wormhole. Everything became very bright and James closed his eyes until the light suddenly dropped. The next thing he knew, he was sitting alone at a large round glass table, completely surrounded by water. He looked down and realized that the chair he was sitting in was also sitting on top of the water and all sorts of sea creatures were swimming around underneath him. Wow, this is nice. I haven't seen this option on the VA rooms list. Welcome ladies and gentlemen. We are sorry to have kept you waiting. I am pleased to tell you that those of you sitting here, and yes, there are others sitting next to you, have all passed the test. I would like to remind you that at no point are you to divulge any part of what you see or hear at this meeting, or any others that we may or may not have, to any other party. This includes any correspondence or contact that the or makes with you. A solemn pause filled the room. James couldn't see any of the other members, but he did get the strong sense that whatever took them so long to get started was now, well and truly, dealt with. Now let us get to the reason you are here. As you may well know, the human race has survived living on this earth for thousands of years, despite all the wars, disasters and plagues that have threatened its existence. This is not a coincidence. In 2554 BC, Pharaoh Khufu met with a handful of his empire's wisest and most knowledgeable men, the top strategists and entrepreneurs of his time, to formulate a plan to ensure the survival of the human race. This plan has existed for thousands of years, and was only in its early stages of theorizing and development when, in 1776, a man named Adam Weishaupt met with similar people in Bavaria and grasped this concept by the head. Adam Weishaupt, is that what all stands for? James thought. This all brings us here today. Due to the mortality of the human body, the or have lost many thousands of members over the years. Each time we lost a member, the cause was temporarily weakened. But that stops now. We believe we are at the end of all our striving and have reached the epitome of what Mr. Weishaupt stood for. Now, I know I haven't divulged much, but that must be all for today. We will be in contact. Before James could blink, he was suddenly sucked back into the same wormhole he came from, until all went dark. He stood there for a few moments, just breathing it in, before taking off his headgear. He walked silently to the kitchenette, poured himself a scotch, went back to the rest and relaxation lounge, sat down and took a sip. That is some crazy shit, he said out loud. Why did he stop there? Maybe he's testing us again. What does he mean by that stops now? Does it mean what I think it means? James's head was spinning with all sorts of questions. Then he noticed the time and that he should actually be on his way out of the office. Oops, I shouldn't be drinking this now. He put the glass of unfinished whiskey in the fresh vac, an airtight oxygen deprivation box that keeps food fresh and prevents open drinks from evaporating, gathered his things and left. James was lost in thought about that strange meeting with the oar. He was sprawled out on his couch, watching his walls provide different digital environments and atmospheres. He couldn't decide between them all, his brain was a bit distracted. 
Then he realized that Zoe hadn't responded to him yet. Hope I didn't scare her off or something, he thought to himself. No. I don't think I did. She kissed me back. Surely that must mean she feels the same way that I do. Chill, James, he told himself as he tried to clear his mind for the next few minutes again. That same morning, Zoe was busy parking her hybrid at the Best Life subway station, thinking about how she met James there just yesterday. The events of the past evening's events unfolded in her mind. Wow, that was a little crazy, she said in slight disbelief. Then a message came through. You have a hologram from James Mackenzie. This person was at your location yesterday. Would you like to play it? Zoe's face lit up as she answered, Yes, thank you. A holographic seven-inch image of James Mackenzie appeared on the dash and delivered his message from that morning. Would you like to reply? Yes, wait hang on. Actually, please remind me to reply later, she requested. Unfortunately it was getting late and she didn't have the luxury of indulging in a reply now. She walked briskly to the elevator and up to the locker room to get her things. She passed one of her colleagues in the hallway, Good morning Zoe, busy day today. We had five new arrivals during the night. All showing signs of dementia, not sure where they are all coming from. Zoe nodded and hurried past her. Zoe had a crazy busy morning. From checking in new patients, to checking some of them out of life, and for others, helping them fight for their life. It was well after lunch before she was able to finally grab a few moments for herself and a warm cup of tea. She thought about James and how well-mannered he was and how he was respectful towards her parents, even through their ambush attempts. His holler, she said out loud to herself, and reached into the pocket of her nurse's uniform, pulling out her comstisk. Speaking into it she said, reply to James Mackenzie. Hey James. Thank you for your holler this morning. I'm sorry I didn't reply earlier, it's been a very busy morning. It was very nice to meet you and to get to know you better too, and yes I'd love to see you again. Let me know when and where. Have a great day and a super week. Bye. She finished off her message, then that last bit of her homegrown sprout and lentil salad. Right, back to work Joe. These people are not going to look after themselves. She then entered her post-break shift. As soon as the words left Zoe's mouth, a welcomed message came from James's virtual assistant. You have a new message from Zoe Jane, said Kirk, would you like to listen to it? James straightened in his chair, rolled back his shoulders and smiled. Yes, sir. It continued to be a busy week for James, as he said it would be. Launching his new project, War on Hunger, or War, was certainly a mammoth task, but something that had been on his heart for a long time. He hated the fact that, in some nations, there were millions of citizens who lived on less than be ten brickcoins a day, and thousands were starving to death. This was why he was launching WA, an app that allowed users to receive ChefBot credits for every meal they sponsored for a citizen in need. In addition, there would be competitions to see who could come up with ideas for creating crops that could grow in extreme conditions, such as sand and ice deserts and in salt water. He, himself, was researching the possibility of using cacti as host plants to grow starch and protein-rich crops. James looked up from his media screen, realizing that it was Friday already and he hadn't set up a time or place with Zoe. Hey Kirk, 
send a holler to Zoe Jane, he instructed the virtual assistant. What would you like it to say? Hi Zoe. Hope you are well. Sorry that I've been quiet, the days flew by this week. Would you like to come to my place tomorrow night for some dinner and a hangout? Shall I send the message? Asked Kirk. Yes, thank you. Saturday night arrived quickly, and Zoe was just leaving her cottage to go on their first proper date with James. Bye Bob, I'll see you later. She called a drone drop. Please take me to Mr. James Mackenzie's residence, she asked. Taking you to Mr. Mackenzie's residence. For your date. Zoe looked startled. My, what? She then realized again what kind of world she lived in, where even the AI programs knew everything you did. Living on a farm so far away from it all, she would be forgiven to often forget how privacy was now a great luxury of the era. The drone drop arrived after several minutes and announced accordingly, we have arrived at number 13 Farrington Heights, Valley Edge, Mr. James Mackenzie's residence. The fare will be added to your citizen's account. Zoe climbed out of the drone pod and walked up to the front entrance. At the door, a laser scanned the length of her body, calculated for a nanosecond, then opened the door. Zoe sighed with a small sense of relief. Clearly, she was expected. She took the stairs until she reached the right floor and knocked on the door of number 13. It was eerily quiet in this rather empty hall. She waited a few moments, but nothing happened. She knocked again, a little harder this time. No noise or response could be heard on the other side. She swayed on her feet and tried to wait patiently as she knocked again, but still there was no reply. She looked up the corridor for any signs of life. Perhaps she had the wrong number, maybe it was 15 instead of 13? Or was it 31? Sometimes numbers can get mixed around in people's heads, working where she did, she knew this could happen quite often for some people. No, it can't be. Even the drone drop said this was his residence. Her mind raced through the possibilities. Had he forgotten about this date? He did have a busy week and it was rather last minute. Maybe he didn't care as much as she thought he did? Even though he went into all that effort with the milk advertisement to find her. Perhaps he had finally found her, summed her up, tried her out with a kiss, and actually didn't like her, in the last moment? Did he get what he wanted and get bored? Was she really not worth his time right now? Her emotions and mind went through a roller coaster of accusations, insecurities and defenses. From anger, to hurt, to fear, had something happened to him? All these emotions finally boiled over until she stepped forward, knocked her fist heavily against the door and shouted. James. Are you in there? Hello?